and welcome to the third episode of Game Truck on the Right. I'm your host, Dakota, and I am with today our club ambassador, Thomas Costa. Howdy. So, Thomas, thank you for joining us on the show. And um, I know we had a good discussion planned for our viewers today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your uh, journey to getting to college Republicans. Well, I'm a junior political science major, so I've been involved in the political sphere a little before college, definitely during college. It's kind of my focal point, law minor. Um, and like most of college Republicans, I was a former turning point. I, I am, still am a turning point member and YAF member. And after the most recent turning point election, we realized that if we want to make a real change, be able to, you know, backhand and stuff, we need to move to a, a non-501c3 club that can has the ability to endorse candidates and let in laws and actually campaign and do on the ground work to get leaders that hold our values into campus. And College Republicans was started up around the same time by you, and we knew each other before then. And so we decided, all right, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. And then you brought me on board because I have good relations with the other clubs to be able to handle inner club and intra club uh, problems. Yeah. And drama. So tell us a little bit more about your experience in the other clubs. I know you said you're part of Turning Point, part of YAF. Uh, um, I know you're doing some work with some other clubs as well. Yeah, I have a, I have a good standing relationship with uh, the UA here on campus. I'm friends with their president, uh, and we were working some stuff out. We are talking about hosting some guest speakers. Uh, for YAF, I am on their exec board as well, which means I'm, I'm in easy communication between us and them. And YAF's also more educational focused. Turning Point is more focused on the culture war and social issues, as well as, you know, trying to change the climate. But here at CR, okay, here at CR, we are much better able to do on the groundwork. We went to that Trump event uh, early last week mm-hmm. where we met the, the former president personally. We have contacts in the Vivek Ramaswamy team. We're reaching out to those other candidates. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I know that, um, as a young conservative on campus, um, I know that you've kind of brought up a issue on campus, which is uh, actually the campus itself, the university. Yes, there is a double standard in the way events hosted by organizations like us and Turning Point and YAF and events hosted by our counterparts like College Dems, Carolina Socialists, uh, OAT, which is not even affiliated with the university, have their events and their protests and coordinations. And it's not so much a double standard as they let them have events and they don't let us have events. It's more subtle in the fact that the university will both promote left-wing events and host their own. And for us, they more just let us have them and then allow people to come and disrupt those events. <laughs> I mean, for example, I'm looking at right here uh, to celebrate the 50-year introduction of the woman gender studies major at the university. They have this uh, event the university is officially hosting called Sex Work Speculation. What is trans womanhood's history? This is a very left-wing topic argument the university is promoting, and we've seen this in the past when they promoted the anti-Zionist is not anti-Semitic conference, and Capstone is now hosting an intro to social justice thing, and there's no counterpart that they're hosting that is the other side of that argument, the right-wing side of that argument. It's more so promotion of left-wingism than the stomping out and hiding of right-wingism. It's an unfair promotion of one political spectrum of view. And this goes more into when we host events, like when Turning Point hosted their meeting on transgenderism last semester, and when UA hosted their guest speaker of Her Root this semester, 
they openly let the left come and protest and be disruptive. And at no point do they kick these people out or tell them you have to quiet down. They kind of let them rain through. Like someone brought a whistle to the Hurwood event, which is blowing it the whole time. Like that person probably should have been thrown out the room the minute later because you're now disrupting what was another club's reserved meeting time and space and that you were graciously invited to attend because Turning Point did welcome them. UA welcomed them for both the Laura Loomer and the Harut speaking events. But the university seems to not want to do anything when these people come and come with the purpose of, instead of listening, disrupting and causing problems. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, um, even it's not even the recent stuff, too. I mean, back when um, a year or two ago, there was the white guilt uh, thing, and the Turning Point was the one that kind mm -hmm. of led the charge on that, and, and they actually got national recognition yeah. for it. The White Student Accountability Project was the name of that coming out of the School of Social Work, and that made it all the way up to uh, Fox News, actually. When Turning Point basically released it to the press, like this is what our university is doing, and they're holding a seminar or some like guest lecture because it wasn't a class; it was like a special lecture series about like holding white students accountable for like actions in the past or something like that. It was it was some of that uh, like that neo-racial garbage that came out of like intersectionality arguments that we saw rising up in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, I. Even in my class, intersectionality, um, you know, in my classes, that, that's a pretty big uh, theme that they really hark on. So it's not even just the events that they push. It's also the, the stuff that they push in classrooms. And it's, it's honestly no wonder why, you know, the, I guess this is a little bit of a, a funny take, but like, you know, the parents are always like, oh, we send our kids to school and they come back liberal. Well, it's because of all of this stuff. Yeah, the, the, left, wing, the left wing groups got a hold of academia all the way back in like the 40s and 50s, back when they used to be filled with communists. But then the left wing came in, they kind of pushed the communists out just a little and took seated there, so we were okay with it. And then the right proceeded to let them have control of all of upper academia for the next 45, 50 years, and they still have control of it now. And only now are we like, all right, maybe this was not a good idea. Maybe we need to go back and fix this. But of course, you've seen an increase in liberalization on school because you've seen that everyone who's got into the upper academia on boards, university presidents, professors, they're all of the left-wing mindset. So, of course, mm -hmm. they're going to promote their own political ideology over fairness. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's really getting to the point that it's, it's just into absurdity. I mean, we're talking about sex work in, in official college seminars. Like, that just seems, like, absurd. Like, this, this is something that our parents definitely did not have to deal with. No, uh, absolutely not. The prolification in this belief that uh, this push for, you know, like normalized talking about sex work or normal or legalized sex work, for example, has been something that's been relatively new. We saw spurts of it in the 80s and 90s, but only in the past like five years have we seen a more mainstream tackle of the issue with the modern sexual revolution. Yeah. And why do you think, I, would you kind of expand on that of why you think that that's uh, affecting us now in, in a current college environment? Academia, well, I think that's pretty simple, actually. I think a lot of these people who were pushing for this, these massive cultural and social changes back in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, they realized the best way to do that is to get it into academia. So instead of the right who was focused on, you know, getting the blue collar workforce, getting into the workforce, they're like, if I can get into academia, I can spread these ideas to more and more people and bring in younger and younger generations until, you know, it comes more of a cultural norm. And I would argue that, especially as someone who's not from South Carolina originally, I'm from, uh, 
I'm originally from Washington, the Washington DC area. I could say down here, the cultural normatives on campus. And then when you go out to like Greenville are very different. And it's very interesting to see how like where I'm from, the cultural norms around there are very similar to the ones here at the USC campus, but the rest of South Carolina, it's not. And you could see that's how you can know academia is the problem where the battle's taking place is that's where the cultural norm is shifting when the rest of the environment around it is the same. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing this more and more and, and the battle's getting harder and harder to fight because, you know, it's like at every level there's a, a thing now. We, I mean, I'm, I'm for open dialogue. And, and I think it would be different if a group on campus was hosting this event. But it, the fact that it is the actual university itself that is promoting this, and then they'll, they'll, they'll turn around, like you said, and they do let people come in. And now to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, the, uh, you know the, the people that came to protest those events, the clubs wanted people to come. They just didn't want to be interrupted. Yeah. So I think that the university um, needs to definitely get a hold on these, these protesters not being there, not protesting, but interrupting. I fully agree. As someone who's, like I said, I'm friends with the president of UA, we were talking about what the goal of the Harut guest speaking event was. And he was like, I want people to come that will disagree and they can voice disagreements in the Q&A section and, you know, get that civil dialogue back and <laughs> forth and get answers to questions and have a conversation. What I don't want is people coming and basically just heckling and making sure that there is no conversation shutting it down. And sadly, that's what these people are coming to do. And the university shows up at these events and they're like, oh, we'll throw them out if they do that. But then they do that and the university doesn't do anything. We saw this with Laura Loomer where they didn't throw out the people who are trying to form a heckler's veto, which is illegal. Or we saw this a little at the Harut event where they were um, trying to, you know, harass Harut a little, who's a student at this university, and that's a whole separate issue, and they wouldn't throw him out there despite saying that they would if they did this. But then you get to the Turning Point event from last semester, and they said you're allowed to heckle, you're allowed to boo, but keep it respectful. And I'm like, there's no respect in heckling and booing the speaker if you're not going to actually listen to what they have to say and then disagree with them, but if you're just going to shut down the conversation, there's no form of heckling and booing that equates to respect. So allowing that, like the university would allow that at these events is problematic because we're no longer op having discourse. You're basically encouraging people to come in and harass the speakers, the people hosting the event in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say would be a good way for us to move forward and try to combat this? Well, I think for one is that uh, when, when organizations host events, we should be setting stricter ground rules and then telling the university, hey, these are the ground rules of our event. This is what has to be followed because Russell House Security has mentioned multiple times, if you want us to do X, we will. Just let us know. And that's the thing I think we need to start focusing more on is instead of you know letting the university set the ground rules at our events, we when we advertise our event, we set the ground rules for attending. And when people do not follow those rules, you remove them. You peacefully and quietly remove them from, from the event and be like, well, if you can't follow the rules we've laid out, you're not you're no longer here to participate or to listen you're here to disrupt and disrupting is not the same as coming showing up mm -hmm. yeah because i think that there definitely needs to be this in the rhetoric here is that when uh us on the right are not trying to silence people censor people we just want to be able to say what we want to say without being censored this is definitely an act of censorship by the i would argue more extreme branches of the left uh on campus but it is also um, not stopped by the university, which obviously leans more left. And I, I don't honestly think that, um, you know, that's okay. I think that we definitely need to be able 
to to not have to resort. I mean, it's, it's it's a shame that we're in this situation right now. Precisely, and that actually brings up two interesting points. I want to point out that the far left groups on campus host events all the time. Like they had a uh, Iris last semester hosted like furry conversations up in upstairs Russell where they had, like a furry come and give a speak about what it means to be a furry. There was no right wing showing up and protesting event or us going to their event and heckling or harassing or booing the speaker. We let them have their event. And all we ask in return is, let us have our event. We let you do what you want to do. Let us do what we want to do. And this weird double standard needs to go away. And as for the university, I think the university needs to get back on that. I think the university needs to realize that this is not a back and forth where we're both doing it to each other. This is clearly a one-sided form of harassment and heckling and and disruption that needs to be stopped. Because if if we're not all going to play by the same book of rules, then there's no way to actually have civil dialogue or even having the battle per se of changing politics on campus yeah and i think that the issue that we have it's a twofold issue there's two parts to it you have the um you know the heckling the heckling at the 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 turning point ua meetings and the university being complacent in that and then you also at the same time have the university pushing their own agenda and i think that these both of these issues obviously complement each other but i think that Admittedly, one of them is a little easier to deal with than the other. Uh, obviously, like you said, we can have stricter enforcement of not hecklers at the meeting. I guess that's not proper English, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can stop people heckling at the meeting. Uh, but what do you think we should do about uh, the university actively doing very left-wing things? Well, I mean, we see it every year. There's more and more events. And, and the university is just getting farther and farther into this. And it, it's just like, we pay tuition just like everybody else. So I feel like, you know, what would you do to push your opinion have, on this issue? We would have to hold them accountable. Do it, uh, what Clemson College Republicans does. Um, they found, like, two, a week ago, they found an issue where they were putting tampons in the male men's bathroom. They brought the light. They put it on the internet. They exposed it to basically the world. And then three days later, it was gone. The, the tampon dispensers in the men's bathroom were removed. We need to do stuff like that. Make these issues more aware. And we do that through the CR statements sometimes, but we almost need to take a page out of Turning Points book where we run it up a chain of command uh, to the point where, you know, it either gets local or national news attention and basically hold the university accountable. Because if people see this, the university is more likely to change their mind if they get actual backlash rather than from small groups of students from a larger population of, the, of, of America, you know, pushing me like, yeah, we don't want this in our schooling system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that's a pretty good idea. And I think that to do that, we need to work together. And I know that, you know, you're the, you're the club ambassador. So working together is kind of your whole bread and butter here. Um, but I think that working together is the only way we're going to do this. And I, and to prove that uh, we can look back a couple years ago during the COVID situation where the university was pushing really harsh COVID policies and a bunch of organizations on campus came together and wrote a joint statement. We, we contacted the, the state newspaper. We got articles made and it was a big event. Like it was a big push. And I think that stuff like that is what eventually led to the removal of these uh, COVID mandates at the time that they did. Yeah. If I remember correctly, cause that was my freshman year. Um, Eventually got to a point where once the mask mandate was basically federally lifted and state lifted, the university reevaluated it right after spring break if they were going to have it or not. And they had an open forum hosted by the student government to do it. And we had a large, large members of Turning Point and Yaf showed up 
to give their stories on why we should remove the mask mandate from univers- the university. Mm-hmm. And eventually they voted on it and it worked. And it's stuff like that. If we can get numbers to show up and actually voice our complaints, concerns to the university when they're willing to listen, we're able to actually make a difference. We saw that with not only the mass, mass protests at the beginning of the whole COVID cycle, but also when we finally were able to get the mandate removed through the joint statement and the invitation to go voice our opinion at the student government hearing about how, you know, they, this is not really working. Here's a whole list of signatures of hundreds of people at this university who do not want this mandate to stay in place. It's not a place in the state. It's ridiculous to enforce it here on campus still. And, well, you know, like two weeks later, spring break ended and it was all of a sudden the mandate was gone. Mm-hmm. The best way to solve this is actually to do the first step, which is to for the university to crack down on OAT, the organization. For those of you who don't know, OAT stands for Organization Against Transphobia, and they're a non-campus affiliated group. They're not affiliated with the University of South Carolina at all. They are a South Carolina state group with members like Iris and Carolina Socialists and the Workers' Party at our university as members of this umbrella organization. But the organization itself, not part of the university, but they organized and they came to events. They came to the Laura Loomer event. They came to Turning Points Transgender event. They came to the Harut guest speaker to disrupt and basically harass these speakers. And in case of Harut, Harut's a student at this university. And the university basically allowed an outside group of outside forces are not affiliated with this college to come and harass one of their own students. That is unacceptable by every metric possible. Your goal as a university should be to protect your students first from stuff like that. And until the university is like, we will allow campus-affiliated groups to come and do this stuff, but if you're not part of the university, you can't come and actively harass guest speakers, then there's, there's no way we can make any progress on the battle or the fight at all. Yes, I totally agree. And I think that until this is nipped in the bud, the university is just going to basically keep doing this. They have no intention to stop doing this. And that's kind of an issue, is that we're fighting now a war on two fronts. We're fighting OAT, and we're fighting a university who's basically progr- uh pushing for very even even similar things. Mm-hmm. OAT probably would like to, the sex-working transgender seminar. And I'm just kind of not okay with that. Like, I, And I don't think that that's unreasonable to say. I think the bigger problem is you have to look at how far OAT's gone. I mean, look at... We were both at Turning Point's transgender meeting. Uh, they had people who were like 28-year-old like counselors and psychologists that had never even went to this school at that meeting openly harassing... The president of Turning Point and anyone who was speaking or anyone who voiced an opinion on the topic that he didn't agree with. And oh, yes. It got I remember. They even went to one a guy's front door and put the docks they put on him on his front apartment door. Oh, my like, God. Like, not his building, but, like, his actual room number. They found it and they put it up there. Like, that's – the fact that the university now allows that group to still come on campus is ridiculous. Like, if you're going to dox a student and then show up at their front door, the university would be like, no, that's a safety hazard. It's a blatant violation of our goal to protect our students and keep them safe. Yes, and I actually, um, like you said, to the turning point thing, I was actually there that night. to uh, We just I. started CR, and I went to promote um, college Republicans. It was our first. Like I think we started the day before, and I remember those people because you know I got on the stage and had to, to do my spiel, and they were just very rude, very rude. And I think that that is... That is not what we need on our campus, especially if they're doxing people. That's unacceptable. That's illegal. And to give the university just a tiniest bit of credit, because I think it's important we be fair, they have removed certain individuals 
from that organization that aren't part of the university from coming back on campus. But the problem is that's like a list of three, four people. And because that list is so small, there's still like 89 people coming. And how many of them are actually part of the university, we don't know. We know some of our university groups are affiliated with them. But if we can't basically say we don't allow outside organizations to come and harass our students, there's no battle to fight. It's just going to be a slaughter because it's unacceptable. Yeah, and it would be one thing if, like, the Carolina Socialists invited OAT to their meeting, right? I think that that would be acceptable. But to do, but this isn't like a meeting. This is just them swarming onto campus and, and annoying people, basically. They're just being annoying. If they want to have an open debate and open discussion, I know UA wants to do this. UA wants to host an open discussion between them and groups like us where they can actually, you know, talk about the issues and come up with solutions, have respectful civil dialogue. That'd be fine. But they've openly said multiple times they don't want that respectful civil dialogue. During the Hurt speech, when they brought up that free speech was dying, that free speech is dying at this university, they started cheering. That just shows that from a standpoint, they don't want the conversation. They just don't want our existence on campus. Yeah. And I think that another thing we have to think about is the fact that this is definitely OAT represents a group on, on, in society, I, I think, that to. It's is basically gone extreme, I think. And not to say that everyone has gone extreme, because at that uh, event, I know that there were people that are more far left that still wanted to have a dialogue. And th to those people, and they stayed and they were polite during the event. They, they had, you know, polite during the Q&A, respectful at least, uh, even if they didn't agree with Harut. Um, but I think that, like, that is the standard that we all need to get back to, is that even if I disagree with this person 100%, is that... It's, it's just a simple, like, it's a basic respect for, the, for not only one uh, other people, but for the First Amendment as well. We need to make sure that the First Amendment is not muddled by basically a heckler's veto by these uh, basically grown toddlers yelling and hooting and hollering and whistling and all that. I mean, precisely. We've seen that when we've reached out and UA's reached out, we've reached out, Free Speech Forum's reached out to these people and be like, hey, come have a debate, have a discussion. They say no, and then they either don't show up, which is fine. If you're not going to come, don't come. Or they come up and heckle and harass. And it's like, well, if you said no to participating, you don't get the right to comment and then shut down the event. You had every opportunity to come and voice your opinion on the stage respectfully with the rest of us. But if you don't want to be respectful, I'm sorry, but you don't get the right to then come and harass the rest of us. Yeah, I agree. And, and that is kind of another issue is that these people aren't in the mood for – changing the hearts and minds through dialogue they're in the mood of bullying uh and heckling and that's kind of an issue that we we're dealing with is that we have a complacent university that is allowing this to happen and then at the same time they're pushing their agenda and here we are getting the the brunt end of both sides of that and i think that we as republicans on campus conservatives on campus need to do something to push back and i think that th this is kind of a first step the first step is to hold the university accountable for OAT's actions. Okay, we are open to civil discourse and discussion, but if you're going to allow non-campus affiliated groups and people to come onto campus and come to our events that we hold, which are usually not open to the public. I know Turning Point's event was not open to the public. It was it was an event for the members of the Turning Point chapter here. And we said, if you're, you're always welcome to come, but please be respectful. If you're going to allow people like OAT to come and they're not affiliated with the university, then you have to stop that. That's the number one thing that you have to stop for this battle to progress. Yeah, so once you stop that, we can we can be like, all right, now that now that it's solely dealt with campus agents and campus actors, 
Now we can have a conversation about how campus is going to regulate its own members and being able to participate, heckle, and all that at these events. But I think the bigger problem is until the university itself makes some changes because we see they're promoting this like sex work speech and stuff, they're not going to want to have that conversation with us because they're currently not on our side. They just don't hate us enough to actively stop us from doing what we're doing. But they, they don't care if, they, if other people come and stop us. Yeah, and I will say that it is really annoying as a president that the university has all of these rules for, the, for my org, which I don't mind following, but then groups like this will come in and, and come in and cause chaos, and, and they don't have any, any you know anything above them kind of making sure that everything is a, a fair playground. And I think that that's a problem because, like, it, here's the thing is that the, the notice it's not the Carolina Socialist that come and bother us it's or only- the Iris that come and bother us. It's OAT that comes and bother us because if the Socialists were to come and bother us, they would be held – they'd have to be held to the standard of the university. Exactly. They found they found there's a loophole created now, and that loophole isn't just for college students at this university to use. People outside this university have been using it. Um, there was some there was some guy at the turning point meeting who looked like he was in like his seventies. I, I don't know if you remember who I'm talking about. I, I do. Yeah, but the point is like stuff like that is unacceptable for the sole purpose of if you're in allow groups that don't have to fall by university rules come on the campus to harass your students. At what point are you failing your students as a university? So, like, if I'm allowed to get harassed by outside actors while I'm at a university event or an event hosted by an organization that goes to this university, then the university has to step in. And if not, that's negligence. Yeah. It's blatant negligence. I feel like as a conservative on campus that we're, we're getting it from a lot of different angles because we get it from our classes with the, you know, intersectionality stuff and, the, and, this, and that kind of lens of teaching. We get it from the university, and now we're getting it from outside sources. I feel that us as conservatives, this is the reason we do it, is because if we don't do it, then who is going to do it? Precisely. Uh, it, we're putting a box where people have been asking, all right, why do you have, why is there multiple conservative organizations on the campus? Why have the need for conservative organization on campus? I'm like, it's because we hold values and belief that aren't some fringe minority. A large population in this country and probably since the university have these opinions and values, and the university is not letting those opinions and values be voiced. And when we try to voice them, we're actively take, getting a hit from three, uh, two to three sides at a time about it. And so the answer is, why do we do this? It's because someone has to. It's not We're not a small group of people. There's millions of people in this country, hundreds of millions of people in this country, but believe in the same values and beliefs we hold. And because of that, this idea that we should be relegated to the side and like what we're saying is you know controversial or anti-cultural is insane. It's insanity that cannot perspire. Uh, if you don't allow students to have differing beliefs, how can you preach all the stuff about diversity and equity and inclusion at the university loves to talk about? I totally agree. Gotcha. Well, thank you for coming on today with us. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you could uh, take the time out of your day to come in, and let's keep pushing for good conservative values on campus. Thank you for joining us at Gamecock on the Right. Um, if you would like to get more involved on campus, uh, feel free to come to our meetings Monday nights at Ward Law 114 at 6 p.m. Uh, additionally, we have our Instagram. It's USC underscore college underscore Republicans. And of course, we're on uh, uh, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you.